Welcome to the Parrot Nest, episode 11. I am sitting here with myself, Asher, and Leah. And Asher is very much awake today, so (laughs) we will see how this goes. As you might have guessed, he's getting older, and he's starting to um, not just be as, like, hold him and, and, you know... He needs to be more entertaining. Yeah. He is needier, but also more fun. So we're enjoying that. Yep. He doesn't sleep that long. I know some babies sleep for a really long time, but he does not. He's not a big napper. Yep. Not a big napper. For like 45 minutes, if that's a good nap. Sometimes he goes crazy and he'll nap for like two and a half hours. But then usually it's like 45 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not doing great at napping right now. He's like, he has to be like almost held anytime he has an extended nap. Even when he is being held, sometimes he doesn't have a long nap. So. But you know, it is what it is. We're getting through it. But Leah just got home from the grocery store. And then um, Asher woke up and we were like, well, this is the time we're going to record our podcast. So we're trying and he's going to sit here and play for a little bit and if we have to pause then we have to pause yep. so and if you don't listen to this right away today is 424 so we are right in the pandemic so nothing literally nothing has changed in the last month mm-hmm. everything is the same so we're gonna talk about some stuff and hopefully we can make it i mean 45 minutes or whatever but this might be a shorter podcast. I know I've I said that like before. I feel like we say that every time, though. Like, oh, we don't have a bunch to talk about. This might be a short podcast. And then we go up to, like, 57 minutes. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see what happens this time. Which shows how, like, unpro- how unplanned um, this all is. We just sit here and talk. Yeah. Um. All right. So, obviously, we always start with an update. So, let's give an update on – there hasn't been a lot of, that's changed in the last month. Yeah, like but, I said, everything's the same. But at the same time, Asher does change. A lot. Yeah. So, last time, I forgot to say – I was like – I wrote, wrote down one of my notes that he st- was sticking his tongue out a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, there was like a week that he was like always had his tongue out, mm-hmm. you know. And then someone said something like, oh, yeah, you have to be – you have to be – Taking account of all that stuff because, you know, that'll happen and then it'll be gone. Like, I remember at first he was doing it a lot and I was like, oh, is this like a – should I be concerned about this? He's sticking his tongue out a lot, just leaving it out there. And then, yeah, like the next week it was done and gone and now I'm like, dang it, I wish you would do that again. Yeah, but at the same time, we took a lot of pictures. (laughs) Yeah. I think we posted some – we posted some about it on Instagram. Mm. So we make fun of ourselves for taking a lot of pictures, but it's a good thing because he changes. Now he can kind of sit up in his sit-up toy things, like a, what is it called, a bumbo mm-hmm. and stuff. He's He likes to do that. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier for him to sit there while I'm in the kitchen doing something if he's a little bit more involved. Yeah, and he's a lot more interactive. We can really start to see his personality coming through mm-hmm. at this point. He's starting to like... The last few days, he started reaching for people, mm-hmm. and he only kind of can do it, but you can tell, like, when Cole's sitting there, he, like, like right now, he, like, leans towards him and reaches, and it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. 
It's cute. And he smiles. Obviously, he smiled before, but he smiles a lot more. And, like, it's more like interactive smiling, not just, like, I blow on his face and he smiles a little bit. It's, like, he's smiling because of what we're doing or something. Or because he's trying to get a response from us. Yeah. Very talkative. So, he's been screaming at us a lot when he gets he gets very angry when we don't pick him up. Mm-hmm. And his personality is coming through. Mm-hmm. And he started yelling at his toys when he can't get something. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we, he... He's still in the bassinet. We haven't switched over. We need to do that. I thought we were doing that next month. Uh... Six months. No? I don't know what the rules are. Well, there is I no think rules. it's like up to six months. And when he starts rolling over, then it's not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we do need to put him into his into his bed, but yeah, or we just need that. to start transitioning. Honestly, he I bet he would sleep fine in his bed all night. If he sleeps in his bassinet. I say that now, but <laughs> you would think. But you said he just slept all night last night until like eight, so he did. That was crazy. But he does that every blue moon and then he doesn't do it for another month. Yeah. But he slept from what was it? Like eleven to like seven forty-five or something like that. Yeah. So that was crazy. That is crazy. So I think we we'll, do that all the time. Maybe between here or maybe that'll be something new for the next podcast is we'll we'll try to we'll try it out one night and see what happens. See if how that works. It'll be like a whole nother introduction of anxieties i'm sure that <laughs> yeah. we haven't had to have yet so and he's almost rolling over he can he like kind of roll to one side but he won't actually roll over yeah so a lot of almost not any real mm-hmm. like he can almost sit up all, all by himself or stay sitting up he can't sit up yeah all these almost other than that, nothing's new for Asher, and I always stay home all day. We go on a walk. He sleeps through the whole entire walk, which is awesome. He loves the stroller. I don't know if he loves it. He I was going to say, he likes to sleep. Very huh? soothing, apparently. I don't really, I mean, I don't really have anything new too much either besides, I mean, the work still work, and I still am in the emergency operations center for coronavirus stuff, and. I've been able to start running again. That's been a big thing for me. Only in the last week. Well, it's been a week now that I have been running. Because I took a month off, obviously. And that month kind of sucked. And I lost some fitness. But, um, yeah, I was able to start up last week. And start running again and it's been really nice so i was able to run four miles every single time i ran without any pain so i'm really excited about that and i hope i can get it to last hopefully i think it will yeah me too that'd be great and leah walks she's getting fit oh yeah those walks i wondered what point in my life would walking feel like exercise? <laughs> like when did I when do you get old enough that you go on walks and you're like, oh I exercised? That's where I'm at. You go home and you're 
<laughs> no, but that's like what I do for exercise. Like it, when you're younger, you go on walks and it's just for fun. Like you aren't walking to exercise because you run for exercise when you're younger. Yeah. And now I go on walks instead of runs because I have to take a baby with me. And that's my exercise. Yeah. Um, other part of the update, I guess, is we're still obviously doing the whole social distance. We say quarantine, even though it's not really quarantine, but we're social distancing. So we literally haven't hung out with anyone besides me and Leah and Justin for like a month. And I am sure Justin and Leah are hating it a lot more than I am because I at least get to go to work and see people at work. So it's probably really hard for them because they don't get to see yeah, Justin's anybody. birthday was on the 18th. And, right? Yeah, and that like was that. the last time we spent time with anyone. Yeah. So, but I think coming on Monday, we're going to start being able to see people again. So that'll be really yeah. exciting. Be really great. Really great. So as you can tell, there's nothing going on. We're sorry how boring this first 10 minutes have been. I know. Sorry. That's the update. Not- I'm sure your side of life has been just as boring. And if it hasn't been, then I'm sorry. Because honestly, at this point, if your life isn't boring or if you're doing stuff, then it's not really a good thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Unfortunately, we don't really have any funny stories. Do we? Can't really think no, of any. Not really. Nothing's happened, like we've been saying. So <laughs> this is going to be a very uh, serious podcast today because we're going to talk kind of about mental health. We're going to talk about something that we put off, that I put off. I didn't want to talk about until after the fourth trimester. But I want to ease us into this. If you don't know what the fourth trimester is, that's like technically the the trimester after you give birth to the baby your body is still in transition and everything and so it's technically your like fourth trimesters for like the next 12 weeks or whatever so it's been yeah 12 weeks i don't know more than that it's like the next three four months so we're way past that, that but still so what leah is hinting at is a little thing we like to call Leah prepartum depression. Mm-hmm. And what is that? It is when you get go into a depression while you're pregnant because of usually because of hormones. Similar to postpartum depression, the hormones and everything are similar. Uh, it's just changing all your hormones in your body and causing your brain to go into a kind of a depressive state. I mean, exactly similar. It's exactly like postpartum except it's prepartum. Yeah. It's so, a hormonal depression. It's, right. And so it's not necessarily anything specific that's causing you to go into depression, like a death in the family or anything like that. It's just a physiological response. And it was one of those things that, you know, we said in the podcast, we want to talk about stuff, obviously, but we weren't, or Leah really didn't want to talk about this struggle because it was something she was currently struggling with during the time we were recording this podcast. And, um, it was just something she was yeah actively struggling with. So she was like, I don't really want to talk about it right right now. And also I didn't want to talk about it because if you're 
in if you have prepartum depression, you're more likely to have postpartum depression. And so I was cons- worried that I would have postpartum depression and then just by saying it. What? Like you're worried if you talked about having prepartum depression then you will get postpartum? No, I was worried that I would have it and then I I don't know. I just didn't want to as weird as it sounds and it probably doesn't sound weird. I didn't want people to know that it's something that I'm more likely to have to deal with because if I did have to deal with it, I don't want to have to talk to people about it. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about... It's a lot easier to talk about in hindsight than when you're going through it. Right. So let's talk about prepartum depression. So do you want to just talk about my experience or... Yeah. We'll talk about like when did it... When did you first start identifying what it was? So last year was definitely, and it's really crazy to say, and don't get mad at me because I had a baby and it was like supposed to be the best year of your life. But let's honestly, it was probably definitely the hardest year of my life. 2019? Yes. No, like the last year, like from today, a year ago. Yeah. And I mean, you can't. And the only, yeah. honestly, in the last couple weeks, have I started to feel. Like, I'm starting to get on top of things. Mm-hmm. And so, it's just pretty crazy. It started, I obviously, we got pregnant. We tried, we we got pregnant on purpose, which was one thing that I always reminded myself. Like, we got pregnant on purpose, and then I really struggled with it. I struggled with the idea of being pregnant. I struggled with all the changes that came, were coming with it, that I knew were coming, Um mostly my change of lifestyle that would have to change during the same time frame our in my first trimester a lot of things changed just in our lives like our social the way we interacted with people and a lot of that most of that is because I wanted it to mm-hmm. uh, when I I'm a very extroverted person we were extremely involved in our friends lives and we still are but we were involved like we literally did something every night we lived in a duplex where we lived on one side with a friend we had a group of friends that lived on the other side and we always we did stuff constantly like literally every night whether we just came over and had a glass of wine or we went had a fire or we all went out to dinner somewhere we did a lot with Mm -hmm. people And so when I got pregnant, it happened pretty quickly that I stopped wanting to be around people. I was just so tired. I worked 10-hour days, and that was normal, and I just was so tired. I'd wake up in the morning and have to go to work, and as soon as I'd get off work, I'd come home and go into bed, and Cole would have to make me get up and go eat. And I didn't want to eat. I was a little bit nauseous, but I never threw up. It wasn't that food was gross to me or anything like that I just was literally did not want to do anything I wanted to stay in bed all day every day that's all I was interested in doing people weren't fun to be around nothing was fun to do I wasn't honestly excited about having a baby like and was that the thing that made you like a little different is that or feel like it was a little different is because because those, when you start saying those things, it honestly sounds like normal, like people That's like, what getting I thought. pregnant. I'm like, well, I'm pregnant. So at what point did you start to think this is different than being pregnant? Was it the, or was it just little cues like you just mentioned of, 
having not being excited or what was it that made you big? This is different. I read something about it, about prepartum depression. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what, how I feel. It's, it is depression. So you just feel really low. Most people, you get pregnant and you're just kind of, you're tired and you don't necessarily feel like you're under a cloud and you can't get over up through it. Like most people, I think, and I've, this is the only time I've been pregnant, so I don't actually know, but I think most people, you're tired and you have all these symptoms, but you're not necessarily feeling like you can't get up to breathe. Like you're not emotionally completely dried out. Like I had nothing to give and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I, I didn't want to hang out with friends because I didn't want to have to act like I enjoyed being around them. And so just like the huge 180 degree turn from what, who I had been to who I had become, I thought it was just pregnancy and you just tell yourself that. But then I read something about prepartum depression. I was like, that's what I have. And it wasn't until I think till after I was done with the first trimester. Right. And, and I think I did get quite a bit better and, but I, I think the first and second trimester, it's something I dealt with. The second trimester was a little, I think halfway through the second trimester. Well, what were the things that you did to try to combat prepartum once you identified that this is what I'm struggling with? Uh, I eventually went to therapy. I went and saw a psychologist and like every week. Sounds weird to call them a psychologist. They're different. Counselor is different than a psychologist. Oh. So I went to see professional help. (laughs) (laughs) However you want to call it. But I had seen a therapist before, um, but this was, I was, my big concern is that I am depressed, and what if I don't break out of this, and when I have a baby, I'm still depressed. And so you're getting anxiety. I was really concerned that I was not going to break out of this before I had a baby, and I'm going to be in a new stage of life with a baby and be depressed. And so mostly I wanted to get myself and because at this, by the time I realized what had ha- what was happening, and by the time I was seeking help, I was where pretty much out of it. Not out of it. I had I had I was better than what I had been do how I had been. Uh huh. So I was mostly wanting to make sure that I had people or had help. So that if I did have postpartum, then I was aware of what was happening and that I had someone that I could yeah. talk to and help me through it that was already up to date. And I had... And what else did you do? I told Cole about it. Yeah, but you did a lot of stuff. I'm just trying to get you to list out everything that you were doing. Well, why don't you tell help. me what I'm... You know. Just the, te- like, what are the stuff that your counselor helped, like, even your, your psychologist or counselor helped you do? Like, just what are the things that if someone is listening who has or thinks they're struggling with post prepartum, what advice would you be giving them? 
to see a counselor. <laughs> okay. Honestly, that, there's well, yeah, not, that's really if good. If you're depressed, there's not a ton that you can do. Like you're, I. Well, telling me was like, like good, but it's to, not like I was, you know. I, you need to. That is a big thing. Like that was probably like one of the hardest things is to tell me. someone that I was struggling with this. And your dad. And you I told, told my dad, and I told someone at work, and so I told three people, and that's probably the only people I told until like months later. Right. At least months later. Mm-hmm. And so. And you probably got tired of me giving you suggestions. I did, but uh, all this coinciding, I was pregnant, I was working a lot, I was depressed, I didn't have the energy to go work out. Like, people are like, that is something you should do. You need to move your body and continue to... But you were like but six months, seven months... I was so or, tired. You know, five months pregnant. No, yeah. not, not first trimester. Oh, I guess not. I was so tired. I literally get home. I was just go to sleep. I was so tired. So you had depression along with just first trimester everything struggles, and then trying to combat all that at once. Right. So what did prepartum depression like feel like? What was like the the fears? Like was it that you're not going to be a good mom, or what were the the thoughts? That. I'm not going to like doing this. I'm not going to be happy being a mother. I'm not going to be a good mother. I was really concerned about that. Um, I don't have a great relationship with my mother or a traditional relationship with my mother. And so it's always been in my head. What if I don't know how to be a mom? Cause I've never seen what a good mom looks like. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things that you kind of, I've kind of suppressed, I think caused, were brought more to the surface because I was pregnant. And then. And then not being excited, obviously, like you said. Yeah, I wasn't excited, which was difficult. Yeah. And you know all the words to say. Like, you've seen movies. You've talked to people that are pregnant, so you know what to say. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. I can feel them kick and, like, all these things. Like, you know what to say, and so it's pretty easy to fake that you are. And excited. it's like, the, was it the bonding thing? Like, because pe- people, you hear people on social media and stuff, like, like feeling all bonded to them, you know, and being yeah, excited. Yeah, oh my gosh, I love her so much already. Like, all these things, I did not feel, I did not feel excited. I was not happy about being pregnant, which, again, we, we tried to get pregnant. We are two adults that have been married for a long time, have talked about it for a long time, made the rational decision, decision. To have a baby. And I was mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and it was just so weird and dumb to me. And And so I started looking all this stuff up online a ton and found so many people that I think more, not more, I wouldn't say like more than not, but it is extremely normal to have prepartum depression. Um, it's not as normal as postpartum, but it is. Well, I think, a large honestly, people just didn't know about it. Well, yeah, but it's a large percent, like 10% or something like that, or 15% of people who are pregnant have prepartum depression. So it's a large percentage of people. And I honestly found, like for me, found comfort in that. You know, and I don't think Leah finds comfort in other people going through struggles as much as I do, but the fact that I knew that it was a very normal thing helped me to like help 
Cause I think there is a part of, you know, obviously I wasn't the one struggling with it like Leah is, but you know, I'm living with a wife who has prepartum depression and I'm trying to help her through that as much as I can, but there's not a lot I can do. Right. So it helped me to be able to know that it was normal and that other, what other women were going through. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I, I would just say just cause it is a very common thing. Yeah, it is. It's pretty common. I think that we just think as women, well, I'm just pregnant. That's why I'm tired. Well, yeah, but if you're tired for a month and start to your personality has completely changed, then that's probably not just being tired. So talk to me then about when it started to go away and then what changed when Asher was born. I don't know when it started to go away because I would feel good and then because of hormones of course the worst you would ha- I would still dip and have really bad days but I think that was just hormones I think that I started to get out of it like halfway through the second trimester yeah yeah and what did it what did it mean what do you mean when you're saying you got out of it what started to like what did you I just feel felt better. I didn't feel like happier or more like, active or bonded I, or what? The way I say it is I've just had a down day. That's what I would tell Cole. And it's like, I just feel down today. And that's how it feels. You're just down and you can't get up. Like your personality, you're just sad a little bit. You're a little bit upset all the time. And you can't get the opposite. You can't get that little bit high. You can't be a little bit happy. And there's, I mean, you can distract yourself. I was able to distract myself at work and stuff like that. But I'd have to stay busy, which is honestly kind of hard to do when you're pregnant and needing to. What about bonding with Asher? Did that, did that fear completely go away when he was born and you were like, oh. Or did it take a little bit? I did. I did. Like the closer we got to having the baby once Asher started kicking a lot more. And everything. I did not bond to Asher until he was born. And then I think that it was pretty. I still don't think it was instantaneous. I don't think that I just held him and was like, oh my gosh, this is my baby. But I think that it did happen gradually. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely there. Oh, really? Yeah. I will take him away. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I it think did it happen. I think that yeah, I think it did happen pretty quick. It's just I don't know how to say it. Like everybody s- says, you just see him, and it's everything. And I didn't feel that. Like it wasn't just a switch that, like a. You saw him, and you're like, eh, my baby. Yeah, it's like it was definitely emotional, but it it. The first couple weeks are so hard and you're so tired that I think it's crazy. And maybe that's what honestly initially makes you bond so strongly is going through those really, really hard time with them. Yeah, but it did come and you bonded with him like a normal mom and now you are fully in love and that's there. The reason I'm saying this is if you're helping someone. But I do want to say, you said normal mom. Like, that's not, you feel like you're not normal because you don't 
aren't obsessed with your baby before in the womb and as soon as you see them you're not infatuated or like whatever your situation is there's no normal like mm-hmm. I talked to women about it because I felt bad because I didn't feel that attached when before I had Asher and then you talk you start to like have these conversations with women and they're not feeling that much different like some right. people are but most people aren't like this is just something that people say like I did. I don't know if everybody was just says it just be, just like I do, but and you do feel a bond, but I don't think it's the same. I think that people blow it up. Well, it's a stereo. It's a so it's a stereotype, or like for the new modern age, like there's a social media mom. Yeah, it's the mom that you're supposed to portray. You are. It's like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be happy and all this like stereotypical stuff. You yeah. know. When in reality, you feel horrible, you look horrible, you, like, it doesn't matter what people say. You're the heaviest you've ever been, and your face is all blown up. You don't feel great about yourself. I know it's beautiful and, and blah, 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 but it's not. It's not. When you're in it and when you're in the situation, you, it's, it's really hard to, like, be positive. And social media and our culture makes it seem like you should be just... And as a husband, too, I had to also be okay with the knowing that I could tell Leah that she's beautiful and all this stuff. And it made me feel a little like there was like nothing I could do. And that was something I had to just get get over and be like, it's not my problem. It's, you know, it's her depression. Right. So I guess, yeah, what I was just saying is it's it's just tough as a husband who wants to see his wife happy and who's also honestly at the time I was pretty excited you know so I wanted to be excited Asher's playing with a toy um and it was hard to be able to say like you do like honestly I did think you were beautiful and you know I get to look at my wife who is you know big belly and pregnant and that's but who also looked really good so that was hard for me to be able to try to say it and say all these things and try to help you feel better and know that like, and have that not really impact you and not really, not like it didn't impact, but it didn't like, there was nothing I could do to fix you. And that was really hard yeah. for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was something that was a really big thing that we had to go through is that the dynamic of our relationship changed a lot. I have never, I'm trying to say this without it sounding weird, but I'm, I, I am not comfortable with some being someone that needs to be taken care of. That makes me extremely uncomfortable emotionally or physically. And And not me. I'm, I get sick and I'm like immediately like, yeah, and Cole loves it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I am not comfortable with someone that needs to be taken care of, especially emotionally. And so during this time, that was really Raised hard. by a and single we, dad out in the eastern plains of Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like w- the way I am is less emotion means you're healthier. Like, that's the kind of the way that I grew up seeing the world is that if you're overly emotional, then that means you're more, you're, 
less mature. Like the right. more mature like more you fragile. are, yeah, like, the more you mature you are, the stronger you are, then the better adult you will be and the more successful at life. And so that's the way I viewed the world, not necessarily consciously. And so when it turned around and I had to be taken care of and I was a mess and I was trying really hard to be vulnerable and that was really difficult for me to be going through something and not being able to take care of myself. So the our relationship dynamic changed a lot. And honestly, it probably, it definitely benefited us. Like we went through this really, really hard time and Cole had to step up and take care of me in many ways. And he did. And Yeah. And it was great. I mean, it wasn't great, but now, turn looking back now, it was something that benefited our relationship. Right. Something new that we had to go through, and we made it through. I just, I, I'm, we can, can move on, but at the same time, this was something I always was, like, wanting to talk about from, you know, obviously not until you were ready, but, like, because for me, I'm the kind of person who really does benefit from other people's stories and their experiences. And I get a lot of comfort in knowing and empathizing with other people. And I think you're less like that. So that's why I was this whole time, like excited for you to tell this story because I'm like people who may or may not, or people who may listen to this podcast eventually may benefit from hearing this. And so that's why I'm like, I don't want to move on without making sure that you've, given all your expert ex- expertise <laughs> and you know, your story of it. So if there's anything else that you did or thought or anything like that, that helped, I want you to put it out here on this table. <laughs> I think it probably helped to tell a couple people you don't, I mean, do whatever works for you, but I told Cole, and then when I told my dad, he made me feel like a jerk for not telling him sooner. He, But he was pretty validated in doing so. He's told me, and I thought this was really good. He said, if you're in trouble or hurting and you don't tell the people that love you and care about you that you're in trouble or hurting and they notice that something is different because they will notice if people care about you and they've, they're close to you, then they're definitely going to notice that you're different and that you're acting different. Then they're going to think pretty likely they're going to think that it's them yeah, and that you're distance distant because of them and you're crabby because of them. And you don't ever want to hang out because you don't want to hang out with them instead of being upfront with how you're actually feeling and just telling them the truth that you're going through a difficult time and, and that's just the spot that you're in. Then, then people have the opportunity to help you, whether you need help by them leaving you alone or them just supporting you where you're at. If you don't tell people where you're at, then they don't know how to help you. And honestly, they'll think that they're the problem because that's generally the way humans are. You don't think, Oh, well, he's not talking to me anymore because he or she is going through a really hard time and this is when they need my support. You think, oh, I wonder if I did something to make them mad or maybe they don't want to hang out anymore. Because like I said, we went through a lot 
in the last year. Like not only the pregnancy, but our friend group completely changed. We moved. We have friends that moved. We had friends that got married. We like just a lot of things that were staples in our lives completely changed. Uh-huh. And so this like today from a year ago is is completely different. Yeah. And like I said, it's it did not every mom has to be the one with the flower halo on their head. Like you don't have to be so happy go lucky and act like everything's perfect because everybody knows that it's not perfect and if it's not then it's fine. I don't want to be like an Instagram, right? you know, model or anything, but you have to kind of live your own truth. Hashtag live your own truth. That's kind of a bad thing. I know, though. but I don't know how to say that without, like, everybody's experience is different. Yes. And you just have to be okay with your own experience. There's no right way. There's some wrong ways to be a mom. <laughs> yeah. But there's not one right way to be a mom. Right. And being a mom can look a million different ways. Yeah. And. Which I know if this is something you're going through, I know that me saying that doesn't really mean a ton because that's what I would have thought. But it's true. And soon enough, you'll get to the other side and, and realize it's true. But talk to people, talk to friends and. I really enjoyed going to a therapist, and I think that's fine. I'm a psych major, so obviously I'm okay with mm-hmm. seeing therapists. So she went to see herself. But <laughs> that's not <laughs> true at all. I know nothing. So, and then for guys, I think, yes, when I first learned Leah was going through it, it did, there was that thought that honestly kind of like her dad mentioned where I was like, wow, like. I just immediately, it wasn't like, oh, this sucks for Leah. I was like, what am I doing wrong that Leah is struggling with prepartum depression? That was like my thought was what am I doing? But again, I think this is bigger than, than it's, it's something that they're struggling with, not something that you did or whatever. And there's a lot of hormones involved in pregnancy and being there to support is the biggest thing you can do. And I would also advise that that does not mean giving them advice all the time. Right. Would you say that doesn't mean trying to always tell your significant other and try to be like, here, thanks for, thanks for being honest that you're struggling right now. Let me give you some solutions because that's not what they're asking you to do. Right. So, you know, there's a million different ways you can help to support them. And sometimes oftentimes giving them advice is not the way to do it. Right. And it was, honestly, Cole was so much help. Like, like I said, it, it did change the dynamic of our relationship, but mostly he just stepped up, like, in so many ways. And they were really easy things to do. But, like, the fact that he started making dinner and he started doing laundry and dishes, like, just l- all the things St- that... <laughs> started doing laundry and dishes? <laughs> I already did Without that. having to be asked. <laughs> I already did, you did that. <laughs> He didn't. I did. <laughs> and yeah, I did. without having to be <laughs> asked. I don't want to do this podcast. <laughs> it was a really big deal. And mm-hmm. if you can 
help them by doing things that just lighten the load, then that was the biggest help. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't feel... I was already feeling horrible about everything, and I didn't need to be feel horrible about the fact that the house was a mess and I have only eaten crackers for a week because I'm not going to cook and I have no laundry. Mm-hmm. And so... Asher is paying just so... Like, he's just 100% attention to what you're saying. Yeah. He's just staring at us right now. I think it's because we're talking so (sighs) intently. Yeah. I wonder if he thinks we're talking to him. Maybe. But he's just, like, staring at us like he's in a lecture. Mm -hmm. So then transitioning out of that, unless you have any more to add, because I want to give you that time to talk about prepartum depression, because, again, I think it's valuable for people. Nope. (laughs) We can come back to it. Let's move on. Yeah, it's normal. If you have any questions, let us know to our one follower. To our one follower on Instagram, thank you for listening, if you're (laughs) listening today. And ask questions, reach out. I think that'd be be cool. It's validating to know that others, you know, go through stuff too. Yeah, and that's the truth of it is you don't realize that people go through this because people don't talk about it. You pretend like everything's great. And honestly, you don't, I mean, I mean, that's how I thought, at least. You don't need to dump your problems on everyone, just the way my frame of mind was. But if more people talked about it, then maybe you would feel less like a horrible human being for not being excited about this baby that you actually want. Yeah, that you did want before you actually got pregnant. And then you're like, what have I done? And then all of a sudden I was like, why did I do this? But, Not to mention, I knew that everything was going to change. Yeah, and it did. And that was a big, big thing, is preparing for that. And you can't really prepare for that. But leading up to it, knowing that in nine months or whatever it is, everything in life is going to change. Not only my job, I knew that I wouldn't be able to work where I worked. So, did, now moving, transitioning, did you... Or have you or are you struggling with postpartum depression? Or do you feel blessed to not have struggled with that very much? I don't think I did. It was, it was, there's definitely hormonal swings and everything. Yeah. Like, it's still difficult, but I don't think I was depressed. Right. Like, looking back, I don't think I was. When I was in postpartum, after I got out of our prepartum depression, after I got out of that, I could look back and be like, wow, that was deep. That was dark. But looking back at the last three months, I don't I don't see it like that. So I don't think I was. Yeah. But it's crazy. So we're pretty blessed to have Leah not be struggling with that, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. Even more than prepartum, maybe. That's what everybody talks about. I mean, you go to a... You go to the doctor after you have a baby and you have to fill out this questionnaire every single time and it's for postpartum and they never ask you. I mean, they ask you how you're doing, but they don't ask you anything about depression. They don't. That's not what they mean when they ask you how you're doing. You mean before or before when you're pregnant, when you are pregnant. Yeah. I wish that was something they did. I thought, But even then I remember going to the doctor's office because we'd have like the weekly or every other week appointments. And I would tell Leah and I would say, are you going to say something today? You know, 
and just mention like I'm I've been struggling with this. Um, just yeah, and Leah never which really, I eventually did, which you did eventually do, and I think some of the fear was there that you know like obviously the hormones and depression and and the kind of chemicals that are in the body can ultimately um, not necessarily be a well they can have an effect on birth and the baby. And that was kind of the fear too, is like, Hey, I gotta, I want to figure this out. So that way I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So you did eventually say anything and we've been great. Um, and then Leah hasn't really struggled with postpartum, which has been great. Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah. So what are you doing now to deal with positivity? Well, bringing it full circle. <laughs> um, the last couple of weeks I felt good. I feel like when you well, sh- give when a you shout get out pregnant to your person. when you get pregnant and everything, okay, you feel like you kind of lose yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not true. I don't know, but just trying to figure out how you can still be you and also be a mom and be a good wife and everything like that has always been something that I've struggled with because I'm a little bit of a people pleaser and so I get a lot of joy out of making people happy and like like I like making food for people and throwing parties and all these things because people enjoy it and that's what I enjoy doing and but making sure that you that I don't get all my joy out from people is something that I work on but I've always been into, or lately, not lately, the last couple of years, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, which is why we did a podcast. I like podcasts. Mm-hmm. Ed Milet, shout out if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you. Rachel Hollis. Oh, so good to have you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for your comments on our Instagram. That was sweet. Yeah, anyway. thanks for the follow. Yeah, thanks for the follow. Yeah. Um, your stuff's great, by the way. <laughs> Big someday, fan. yeah, Big someday that'll be us. But yeah, I've on, I've been listening to podcasts for a couple years because at the dealership I could do stuff and then listen to a podcast while I'm walking around a lot for 45 minutes and feel like I learned something. And I'm super interested in people's stories and everything like that, like uh, people's growth, I guess, mm-hmm. and how they did it and why and everything and way brains work and why they work that way and so right now i'm doing this thing called 90 day challenge and something that um the hollis company is doing but a part of that you're supposed to do these five things but one of the things is you have list five things that you're grateful for every day and so i've been doing that um with cole no with just trying to You've been doing it with you. And just trying to uh, change things up a little bit with just the way I think and and, mm-hmm. and be honestly be a little bit more self-centered and try to figure out what I like to do and what I want to do and all those things. But you just list what you're grateful for that day. And it has to be something small. You can't say, I'm, I'm grateful for my house. You have to say... I'm grateful, I'm grateful for, the, for the wind, my window looking out into the sunset or something like Specific. that. Like 
Like it has to be something very specific that you're grateful for. And the point is, is that if you're stacking gratefulness throughout the day, and if you stack all the things that you're grateful for, then you can't be in a negative state. Like you can't be grateful and be angry at the same time. And I honestly think that's true. Like after doing it and thinking about it. But it's been something Cole and I have been doing. Or I started texting Cole my list and he has to text me back. Because I've been struggling with negativity just at work. And I think a lot of people are struggling with negativity right now. Just with the whole social distancing and isolation and and stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. people are struggling with negativity. And so, um, and honestly, I've been surprised at how hard it is not focusing on things that I'm grateful for, just focusing on negativity and then going to like, like it takes me a minute. Lee will be like number one and then or number three and say these things and I'll sit there and be thinking to myself like, what in the world am I thankful for right now? Or like grateful for right now? Specific, you know, of course I can be like, yes, wife. I'm thankful for wife. I'm thankful for son. I'm thankful, you know, but like it's hard to be specific when I'm, negative a lot so i'm trying to have trying to follow leo's you know path here to enlightenment and i think the more you do it the easier it is obviously but if you just if you are grateful for your husband or your wife then just list one thing that you're grateful for them for like i'm grateful that cole makes a great breakfast burrito and I'm thankful for Leah's... He's um, not going to be able to think of him. <laughs> He's so bad at this. People on this podcast are just going to think that you are the biggest jerk. Hold on. Look at me. Yeah. How long does it take? <laughs> I'm thankful for... I'm thankful... He's literally (laughs) looking at, like, my hair and my feet. Like, he's trying to think of one thing. It's the pressure, Leah, that we're in front of millions of people right now. (laughs) And my let is listening. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's not funny if you don't know. And I start to get, like, I start to think, like, dirty. And I'm, like, trying to make a sexual joke or something. Inappropriate. So, um, but I won't. But yeah, again, it's it's hard to do the like, really specific thing. It's it's easy to be like, of course, I'm thankful for Leah and I'm thankful for her love and all these things like that. But it's when you're thinking this really specific stuff, I think you have to. It honestly is you have to like train your body, like you're saying, to be like continually identifying things to be grateful for and the things in your life that you are you know you're grateful for. You just sometimes let those things kind of bounce off, and you don't yeah. like think about it. So it's. It's training yourself to kind of identify that stuff. That's Asher's toy again, if you can hear that. He can pull on this string on his seat now. So. It's a big deal. He's a big boy. Yeah, big boy. He can reach his toy. <laughs> um. So anyways, yeah. So we're waiting on that thing. Oh, my God. I made it fast. <laughs> I... I'm thankful for the um <laughs> this is truly insane. <laughs> this is insane. 
<laughs> One thing. I'm. Can I say? I'm thankful for how soft your cheeks are. That's fine. I mean, that's a really bad one, but it's fine. Like, at least you came up <laughs> well, with it. Well, I like to after kiss your literally, cheeks. After <laughs> literally, like, two minutes and 25 seconds. I like to kiss your cheeks. <laughs> I need a drink. No. Pick the bad ones drink. to stop <laughs> drinking. You seen that movie? No. It's like I picked a bad month to start stop smoking. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, that was a not as funny of a podcast. No. Which, but those were some real things that you know we went through, and Leah went through, especially in in pregnancy. And I wanted to get to a point where we could, you know, have Leah share that with everyone. So. I'm sorry if it was a little bit all over the place. Yeah. But. We didn't really put these thoughts together to before. Something that happened a year ago is, is kind of sporadic. Yeah. But. But you're healthy and you're able to talk about it and people need. Yeah. We can talk about it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And Asher's healthy and he's happy and he's just staring at us and his cheeks are all fat and cute. And he's gaining weight. Gain weight like a big boy. He's gaining a lot of weight. Which is a good thing. All right, he's just relaxed over there. He's just so relaxed. We should take a picture of it. We'll put it on this on the Instagram post or whatever. Yep. I'll let you know. All right. Well, that's the podcast. See ya. Let us know if uh, if you have any questions. And also... What? Let us know some ideas for a new podcast. Not a new podcast. Another, the next podcast. We're trying to do this more often, but honestly, in this quarantine, we don't have anything to talk about. So if you have an idea for us, please let Let us us know. know. Put it on our Instagram. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, just do it. Nice little plug. No, you have one. It's not a big deal. Just follow us. Mm -hmm. Parrot. Spelt like parrot. With an extra T. With an extra T. Nest. It's not like a nest. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Just do it. All right. That's enough, Leah. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.